Welcome to the Practical Missions Podcast. I'm your host. Today on the pod, we're going to be talking about all things related to re-entry. In the early days of the pod, we talked about re-entry a lot, but we haven't talked about it for some time, so I'm really happy to come back and re-address it and look at it again. I talked to a guy today who re-entered about two years ago. I read an article once that said uh, missionaries coming off the field, coming from unreached places, hard to minister in places, experience the same trauma or PTSD as a soldier coming off the battlefield. Imagine that. Re-entry is hard. Everyone thinks they're the exception to the rule, but the reality is there are no exceptions. If you're on the field now, you're going to re-enter. When you re-enter, you're going to struggle. My guest today says it's okay to experience difficult times as difficult times. I really hope you enjoy today's podcast and I hope it's beneficial for you. I hope it helps you as you re-enter or it helps you as you help other people go through the process of re-entry. As always, you can find all of our episodes of the Practical Missions podcast at pmpod.org and you can listen on any podcast app by typing in pmpod. That's pmpod and there you'll find all of our episodes as well. But for now, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, hey, welcome to the podcast. I, You are a special guest because you are actually the first person I ever recorded. Do you remember that? I do. You and I, I sat down. I think it's pod. I think it's number 10. I think it's the 10th podcast on it the is. podcast. Going deep. What was it called? Deep and wide. Deep and wide. Deep and wide. That was the first one we ever did. And actually, the I bought these microphones and... Uh, while I was in my home country, and then I came back and I couldn't get them to work on my computer. And you, you had gone back to your home country for for something, and came back with this mixer that we're using right now. And that was the beginning of my podcasting days. Dude, you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely amazing. So it's good to have you back. So you've been back uh, in your home country for the last almost two years, and I'm fascinated. I have been fascinated by this for a long time, by re-entry for a long time. Why is it that so many people fail? Why is it that some people succeed? What's the difference between singles going back and what's the difference between married couples with children or families going back? I feel like there is, yeah, just so much to learn here. And I think maybe in general, we do kind of a bad job with re-entry. People get lost in the mix. But okay, so my first question for you, is why is it harder to re-enter your home country than to leave your home country and start fresh in the field? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the most basic answer is is probably when you're coming to when you're leaving your home country and you're coming to a new country, you anticipate differences and you anticipate that you or you're expecting that you won't understand the culture that you'll need time to settle in. Uh, and you don't, you actually don't really know what to expect from the country, from the people that you're uh, about to get to know and engage with. Uh, but when you're coming to your home country, you think you know everything. Mm. And you you know, you only know this place as your home and as a place that you've kind of felt comfortable in for or you should have at least uh, for for a long time, and once you come back, you realize that there's just a lot of things you don't understand and that you aren't used to anymore. And I think that gets really, really confusing. What do you think the relationship is as well between a more structured environment on the field and then like you're just all alone when you go back? 
Does that make sense? What I mean by structured is you have a team, uh, you have certain things you're supposed to do, you're kind of on task, on mission, and then you go back and all that is gone. You, you don't have a team leader anymore. Yeah. You don't have a team. Uh, you don't have you know, weekly prayer meetings or whatever that you're, that, you're, that you're part of. You don't have this bigger umbrella of being part of this mission. We want to plant churches in unreached areas or whatever. Now you're just like by yourself. Yeah, you do have a good support network on the field, and that pretty much breaks away immediately if you didn't plan for kind of some some kind of parachute to catch you while while you're coming home beforehand. <clears throat> you're coming back and you're meeting these people again that you've known before and that you might have been very close with and that you've stayed in contact with a lot as well, um, closely as well. But still, you've changed. They've changed. You did. You weren't there. You weren't around for for their last. Uh, you know several years or however long you've you've been gone and so they don't really know what your life looked like and and it kind of maybe the people that you expect to to support you now first have to get to know you again and mm. you have to get to know them again and i think that makes uh that's just frustrating in the beginning to notice that uh, you're coming back to to people that are very near and dear to your heart um but you still don't know them anymore to a degree and it takes a lot of effort to to kind of rebuild these structures that you need so badly in that in mm. that moment mm. walk me through your experience what was what was it like for you i know you've shared a little bit with me about almost becoming an adult on the field and having these you came out when you were very young you know and then you have a lot of transforming experiences on the field and then you go back to your home country walk me through like what was what was that like for you yeah, so I've, I've, I've actually, I think I've just been realizing that over the last couple of weeks and months, maybe. I, I was, uh, I was very young when I, I came. I came here right after high school. Yeah, uh, kind of the first time for me living away from my parents' house. It's, so it's this very formative phase for, I guess, like character and identity building. Yeah, and really developing an identity away from your your family and like your maybe your your home community and and a lot of things happened you know a lot of kind of i developed like different hobbies and 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 interests that i didn't have before and and these are i don't know really really normal things you know i'm into coffee i'm into cooking and whatever but like even those things my friends back home didn't didn't really know mm. about me yeah yeah so you form an identity of who you are while you're away from your home community your home church your family your, the people you grew up with but then you end up going back to those people as kind of this new person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'd say I became an adult here, and to to some degree at least. Yeah, and then you're you're coming back home, being that person. Yeah, people have to get to know you uh, all over again. That is to be expected, you know. But still, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of work, uh, and just adds one more one more thing to the to the whole difficulties of 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 transitioning. But I, so I came back, um, I lived back in my hometown with my parents for like four months before going to uni in another, another city, just a couple of hours away from my, from my hometown. And that was mid, uh, that was mid COVID kind of, wow. um, so I, I moved to that town in November and actually on the day that I moved there, restrictions in our country got, got a lot stricter. Like all the restaurants had to shut down. Mm -hmm. All the uni was of course online and then you kind of kind of stuck there it's the worst recipe for re-entry absolutely is and yeah so so, so i i think i think that was actually a really a really lonely time hmm. you know you're in a place that you need to 
need to build new relationships in. COVID just makes that much more difficult. But then also, even the place that I was coming from immediately before that, which is my hometown, I felt like, you know, that was still not this. I wasn't kind of back in, uh, like my relationships weren't, my friendships weren't as I, as they were before I, before I came to the field. Um, and I felt like the people that know me best are the people that I've lived with the last couple of years mm. uh, outside of my home country. They yeah. are very far away. The people that, that are friends and somewhat close living in my, in my home region and town, uh, they I can visit from time to time, but it's still, yeah, it's still not what it used to be like. And it's still, I still don't have the feeling like they exactly know who I am. And then in the new place, of course, like th there's no one that knows me. Mm. And that's, uh, that was kind of lonely. Loneliness is a, is a huge factor for people going back. On the field, you have this massive shared experience with other people, strong community, strong support system. And then all of a sudden, you're thrust back. You're, you're excited to go back. People are excited to leave the field and go back and to re-enter. But often, I think loneliness is a, a massive part of going back. I know you made some purposeful decisions to kind of cut yourself off from the field. You took yourself out of some Facebook or out of some WhatsApp groups or whatever. Tell me about that decision, like this decision to kind of say, okay, I need to build, I need to put my roots down in my, in my home country. I'm no longer on the field. So actually right when I came back, the Lord provided me with a really good community of people that... Uh, have an interest in the Middle East as well, or or are planning to go and planning to leave. I, just a real blessing and and really a, an, an answer to prayer. How that how that came to be. But I I noticed that I invested a lot in these relationships. But the, those weren't people that were living around me. They were all over our country. And as well, kind of stayed in close contact with the people back here, back on the field. And at some point, I said, you know, this I can't I can't do this forever. Mm. And I should really start building relationships where where I am because I, I I noticed that I really need that I need I'm happy for the relationships I have that that are kind of long distance and and people I can talk to on the phone but I need people to to kind of live everyday life alongside and and I feel like uh, other than that you also don't really get to know each other like for me being really friends with someone and knowing someone is being able to kind of know how he will react to certain situations mm. or like how uh, just how he does his uh, goes about his everyday life i i felt like that i needed uh needed relationships like that and needed friendships like that uh and i wouldn't be i i wouldn't get there if if i got all the community i needed just from, from people still back out on yes. the field yeah. yeah uh i am curious to know uh, i i am curious to know about church as well i think this is something people struggle with coming off the field going through re-entry i've noticed that a lot of workers struggle to get back into a local fellowship and local community there can be a judgmental attitude there can be just this feeling of like man my vision is different than your vision this sense of i used to be so engaged in ministry and now i'm just sitting in a pew that can, I don't know, harm people, harm people's attempts to reintegrate into Christian society when they get back. What was it like for you? What did you do? Yeah, I mean, here as well, COVID played a big role. We were still allowed to have church services, but you weren't kind of allowed to stick around after. Yeah. So 
I I went to a church for a year that I really never really talked to anyone there. Wow. Um, or like I didn't go there for a year. I did it for a couple of weeks, and then I just started to kind of online join my my home congregation where my parents are at as well. Yeah, that was a really special situation that I hope <laughs> no one who's going home in the future will ever have to 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 experience again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I I found it very difficult to return to this kind of institutionalized Christianity in a way. Hmm. Um, out here everyone's so engaged and everyone's like and you know most of us are doing uh, are we're doing this full time so mm. of course uh, there's a lot more capacity for 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 being out there for sharing for guiding people in their lives and and one of a sudden you're back home and you think like wow you you guys should all be like doing this and this and this and that and mm. isn't this like isn't isn't church a communal effort and I, and i think it is but yeah kind of this disappointment with uh, how people live their faith back home and then also th- there, there's a lot of pride probably coming with that thinking like you know out there that was the real deal we were the yeah. real deal and 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 you guys you just yeah you just sit in poos and 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 whatever so so i i was humbled there having to accept you know it, it it isn't like like out on the field and, and that's probably all right but still i came home and I'm, I'm, i started university um so one of a sudden there's all these like uni and student focused ministries that kind of you know minister to you and mm. i i found myself sitting there and thinking like i've i've been doing ministry myself i can't sit here and mm. and like and like be talked to about these about these things anymore mm. i don't i don't fit this i should i should like find something else maybe some older people some 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 small group in that way and there I, I unfortunately found the kind of our the church that i started going to to be quite unflexible what do you mean by that M- me with kind of my age i'm not supposed to be in that kind of group of people yes uh-huh, you know i'm supposed yeah. to attend the student stuff yeah interesting yeah. so i kind of had to you know i, I have I, i'd say i have good community now but it's not exactly in in church Uh, I have a church. I love the people there. I, the people that I know there, I love. I'm happy to attend their services. But actually, my close community are people from other churches as well, and that I've found outside of mm. outside of the maybe like, in my opinion, a little too rigid mm. uh, a system. Is it is it that you're almost you almost have too much experience for them? Like you're supposed to be more immature spiritually and experientially than you are. And so you don't fit into a category? Yeah, pro- like at least the kind of my 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 age of yeah. people probably, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's uh it's very interesting. I I think there can be a danger as well of workers coming back. I know I struggle with this where where I can go back and ha- and be in like full judgmental mode, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Coming from like you know we're we're doing the hardcore christian life or whatever the radical christian life and you guys are just all a bunch of wasters but of course it's not true it like we're 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 judging people through our experiences which these experiences they haven't had so it's an unfair comparison uh have you have you dealt with that at all yeah all the time uh, kind of exactly what you just said that that's 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 often how i felt or how i still feel sometimes yeah thinking like whoa the, the the problems you guys are thinking about and and i think that's not even like a like a, something that people that were in 
missions experience. I think that's actually also secular people that mm. that live abroad and mm, come back. Yeah, like, yeah well, interesting. The, yeah. the kind of the, the first world problem thing. Yeah, like wow, you guys are like you you don't know what is out there and and what people are actually struggling with in in, in this world. And I think that that's true for a spiritual mm. thing as well. What do you think you bring to the church when you come back off the field? I think I myself probably brought back quite a passion for the people that I was ministering to here. Uh, and I think that's actually rare for people to see to mm. that, that someone, you know, has a group of people that actually is on his heart and that he's mm. interesting in, uh, in, in sharing with and ministering to. And to be honest, coming from, from the Middle East as well, just, I guess, for Western standards, uh, uh, like kind of perseverance above average, <laughs> mm. just like knowing that there's so uh, unfortunately still so little happening here s sometimes mm. or in, in, in many places so so for example just we, we did this uh, we kind of did this small group last semester uh with a bunch of people one one guy kind of somewhat interested in faith w one guy kind of a new believer uh one who's just an, an atheist and and said he wants to see if if what uh That w our claim that Christ Christianity or like the belief in Jesus Christ is is, is very different from all the other religions. Mm. I wanted to see if that's you know. Oh, if that's it's exciting! True. It is exciting. Yeah, I think we were we were these five guys and we met like every every second week and read the Bible read through through uh, through Luke mostly. And I I was super excited about everything that happened. Like just really 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 tiny steps, you know, <laughs> just wow. really tiny steps. Um, and the others were. We're, we're more like, hey, we, we would have loved to see this and this and this mm. person come to faith. I was like, oh, guys, you, you guys, you guys are thinking really big. Wow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really celebrating the the small achievements here. Wow. Um, and and maybe that's something the the joy in or the excitement about just little steps that someone makes in, in faith or towards faith. That is also like we hear about these ministries. You know, this guy starts something and then he like. I don't know, a year later, it's a conference of 2,000 people and everyone is like... <laughs> yeah. and, and this is kind of what we expect sometimes good and working ministry should should look like. Uh, and I think that's that's not the case. Yeah, and then welcome to the 1040 window where slow and sloppy are the, the two best words that describe discipleship and church planting. <laughs> yeah, and you really have to rejoice in small things Or you're going to go crazy because for, for 90, at least in, in missions in, in the Middle East, for 99% of workers, no big thing will happen from the moment you step foot to the moment you leave. Big thing in the, in the eyes of the world. Yeah. But of course, we want to see with a different, a different set of eyes. We want to have different measurements than the world has, than this kind of like idea of worldly success. I have noticed what I call the, the re-entry trap which is and usually what happens here's what here's what here's what I've seen somebody before they come out the people who want to come out and do missions in hard places are usually the cream of the crop you know they're the they're 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 the ones running a, at a faster pace than most other people back in their home churches you know they come out to the field and they have an an amazing experience hard a challenging, more challenging than anything they've ever done in their life, perhaps, but also more meaningful than anything they've ever done in their life up and up until this point. They have incredible growth in their faith, almost this greenhouse effect. They're excited to go back at the end of their commitment. 
two, three, four years, whatever it is. And then they get back and there can be this crash, this spiritual crash, emotional crash. Some people lose their faith. The number of people who I know who have been on the field and have gone back into re-entry and have lost their faith is, is a growing number. It breaks my heart to say that. Other people go back and they have a crash, a spiritual crash. They don't lose their faith, but they're nowhere near where they were even before they came out hmm. to the field. The field, their experience in missions almost has seemed to hurt them, not helped them uh, one, two, three years after re-entry. Then you have other people who go down and come back up. Uh, what, what have you noticed in your own self what have you experienced? What has been your experience? What have been the highs and the lows? Uh, and how have you navigated those up until now? So I, I'd luckily say I, I have uh, so far gone down and, and come back up. And yeah, it's it's very true. I, I say I see this in every, in really everyone that I've seen going back. It's definitely a crash at first. Mm. And uh, then, you know, it goes either downhill to maybe even losing faith or it, it starts kind of going uphill again but there is a crash for me i think that yeah probably came after like two or three months when the first excitement is over when mm. you're uh you've met everyone again and you notice you know i really need to put effort into rebuilding these old old relationships i need to put effort into re into building new relationships into settling in a new place finding finding good rhythms again and all of that in a country that you expect to understand but you you don't to a certain degree mm. i was annoyed by the people around me kind of what I, what i just said you know you guys don't know problems yeah um even though i don't know either i just know people that have bigger problems than yeah. i don't know than i'll ever have i found myself okay so so i talked about loneliness earlier and and kind of the first half a year after moving to this new place was very very lonely mm. that's surpri maybe surprisingly brought me closer to god in that time because mm. there was really no one else that wow. i could have like that i could have uh I ran towards but um i'm also glad that didn't didn't last forever but it it went on and it only really slowly got better i only really slowly felt like i'm arriving here and i wasn't doing great and i couldn't couldn't really tell why and actually several times it happened that someone talked to me about re-entry and i thought like re-entry why are you why are you i've been back for so long why are you still talking about mm -hmm. re-entry but as soon as i had taken this kind of perspective of maybe i'm actually still struggling to settle in mm. and that was once like a good good nine months after after having arrived back where i noticed okay i i actually really i'm i'm, I'm uh, investing so much in these relationships with people still like back on the field and with these other people that aren't really around me but somewhere across my country but that had a had a passion for the for the middle east and notice i, I think i'm still really holding on to this culture and that, that this community that i'm no longer living in and i might need to let go of that and, and also surprised that after nine months that was still still mm. a thing and then the same thing happened actually half a year later mm. i talked to to a friend and he he said, uh, I'm, I'm surprised that you're doing so well re-entry-wise. Re-entry? I've been, I've been back for 14 months. Hmm. Why are you talking about re-entry? And then I thought about it. I was like, I actually, uh, <laughs> re-entry is the right, kind of the right way to look at it. And I'm actually not doing that, that good. <laughs> I had noticed that kind of my relationship uh, with God was, was going downhill. Or I was more and more frustrated. And I think 
resentful mm. and, and I couldn't tell why and I tried to think about it and reflect reflect on it and actually felt hurt in a way like the the year year and a half after coming back were so difficult that at some point I I, I, I thought you know I I don't know if I would have gone out if I had known yeah how much it how much it would cost to to come back and how much wow. Uh, how much effort it is to to settle settle in again, and I was wow. almost angry for at God for that kind of the thought mm. of which isn't right, but it's I think very natural to think of I, I've kind of given this time to you for you to use me mm. and and to shape me and 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 all of this and and this is what I get, mm. you know, this is this kind of feeling of no feeling of of belonging or like mm. having people around me that know me and and I think actually from from when I could kind of put my finger on it and say that I think that's what's happening and I think I'm I'm resentful from from there kind of I I started to be able to let it go as well mm. and look more at the at the good things that happened and the good ways that God shaped me say so, you know it it was worth it mm. I actually I don't know you know I don't mm. know if I had if I had come out if I had known before mm. but I I still can say it's uh, it's it was worth it I think from that time on it's it's been going going uphill again mm. wow amen to that it's, I think your experience isn't a unique one. I think your thought of, was it worth it? Was it, was, did it do more harm than good? Uh, I don't, I, I think surprisingly, surprisingly to me, isn't a unique experience. I was talking to a guy just the other day. He's been, he's been off the field for three years, maybe more. Uh, and he said, I think that being out on the field did more harm to me long term than good like oh. i'm still struggling three years later uh to to reintegrate to understand I, my identity who am i in this new context do you think there are ways to mitigate that i'm thinking from the field from your home church from the home office like how can we help people re-enter better or is this just something that has to happen this is an inevitable inevitable part of re-entry i think it's both you know i think it is inevitable to a certain degree but there is probably things we can do to yeah to at least kind of i don't know absorb some of the shock what do you think would have been helpful for you or more helpful i mean so i i was lucky enough to have a lot of people that that had gone before me and that probably had uh, had way worse experiences than i had and that already prepared me for you know maybe our home office not doing the best job mm. at at, ke at keeping in touch and yeah. at like asking questions and making sure that someone was actually settling in well so i i asked people from the field that were still here i asked people that had gone home before me if they could check up on me i asked a close friend of mine at home or my 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 home home church pastor uh, one of our elders kind of all of them to to like monthly or every second month mm. check up on me wow. and, and ask whether i had found christian community whether wow. i'd uh, become part of a church yeah and a, and a close friend of mine i, um, I, I kind of told him as well you know this is going to be really 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 hard and i i need you to make sure i'm i'm doing somewhat all right because i think when i'm struggling i might not be coming to you and 100 percent, yeah. yeah and i need someone to to actually uh take care of me and i think that you know that that really helped, and so it was difficult. But uh, a bit of awareness, being aware of that issue, wouldn't uh, like 
from from like a home office and and field side of things that it's not enough for someone to come back home attend a three-day workshop on re-entry a month later Mm. and then it's all gonna be fine Mm. uh i think that yeah, that, that's not yeah, enough. Yeah. And I think what, what you were just describing to me is is an interesting thing. So you're, before you even re-entered, you set up these this kind of mechanism for people to check in on you. And I think this is good because the assumption is I'm going to need support. The assumption is I'm going to need somebody to check up on me. Usually what happens, I think, is we have this, like the law of, of exception. I'm the exception to the rule. All right, mm-hmm. everybody else had it had a difficult time but you know i probably won't have a diff maybe i'll have a little bit of a difficult time but not like they did you know this idea that like somehow i'm going to be the exception to the rule and so you're almost like mitigating you're almost mitigating that temptation to think of yourself as the exception you're saying no i'm going to struggle when i go back uh let me set up a mechanism for people to reach out to me oh i absolutely thought i was going to be the exception i <laughs> set up i set up the mechanism and i thought i'm not going to need it um but i'm so glad i still set it up um but yeah no that was absolutely true for for me as well what what do you think was helpful for people to ask you or was it just the connection that was helpful yeah i think just even knowing that I would be asked for example about church attendance mm. in in maybe uh, un comfortable situations or at, at moments that I might not have been wanted to be asked that was was good actually you know mm. I my, my pastor will will ask me at some point and and I want to honestly tell him what's been going on so better be going to church now <laughs> <laughs> also you know also knowing that it's uh, that that it's of course good for me and I actually mm. you know deep down I want to I want to go to church I want to attend church though I experienced it as, as being very frustrating mm. um, which kind of there it 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 helped to know hey I'm gonna actually be accountable to someone uh, about this so maybe I shouldn't you know let my frustration yeah keep me from keep me from keep me from doing that as well the kind of hey think about how you're doing right now in re-entry terms in like i mean we get all of these like graphs and kind of the the the, the five stages of of whatever and going yeah. uphill going downhill yeah. and 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 all of these things and i've actually found it to be really helpful to look at these from from time to time mm. i've talked a lot about that to a friend actually who's gonna go going back home soon as well to say actually could be helpful to set a set a date like maybe every month maybe every every Mm. second month just on your like an alarm on your phone or whatever that tells you hey go back to the material that you were you were given about Mm. re-entry and look at it again and try to evaluate if where where in this thing you you, you'll find yourself because usually you'll find yourself somewhere but you don't you kind of don't think in these terms and that wasn't something i told people before i i came home that just kind of happened um, Mm. and and was very helpful to me several times yeah i can definitely see how these you know the this the the team formation stages or whatever you know storming norming forming and performing and i mean these apply to individuals as well but i can i can see how these would be helpful to say like just to give you a framework to put your feelings in a framework to put your thought your your thoughts in. why am i feeling like this oh it's because i'm in the storming phase yeah yeah it like it rips you out of kind of out of your life and maybe you're i don't know you're not well-being and 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 kind of as if you were flying out of your life, looking at it from the top, mm. be like, 
oh, that's what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah, it makes yeah, yeah. it so much easier actually to be also to be able to accept like accept it then mm. say, okay, this is difficult, but it's also just really what is to be expected and I'll be getting through it mm. as anyone like as most people before me have and mm. as I have done before in similar situations you yeah. know, when entering the field in the first place. Um, yeah, I, I think actually these kind of people care material um it's actually it's actually better so than we think valuable. it is yeah yeah it? yeah absolutely you, you people hand you out these 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 sheets and 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 material and you look at it it's like yeah whatever it's, uh, but it's actually helpful if you use really it really helpful use the material that's yes. a good that's a that's, <laughs> that's a good word did you did you have from like the home office your organization's home office did you have any follow-up calls did you have any follow-up emails uh, did they offer you any sort of like counseling maybe? Uh, no, nothing. <laughs> Not at all. Do you think that would have... I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking like everyone who goes back should have at least be offered counseling. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. So because I'm, I was only out for two years, so I'm kind of in this... I, I was still in this like short term. And, you know, I was here short term. But like I was in this short-term category, so I don't know how it is for people that come mm. back after twenty years. I mm. I would assume they offer they offer more, and mm. and there's so many people going to so many different places long long term, and maybe a short term, and maybe some of these you know aren't as challenging to kind of these questions about identity and and whatever. Um, for for example, if it's close culture places. Um, mm. You're from Europe. You're going somewhere else in Europe. I, I see where, where you maybe not needed mm. that that much, but yeah, I think maybe as well because I was in that short term group of people. They kind of did the three day. Hey, this is how reentry is gonna look like, uh, and there you go. I still think at least to be offered counseling, yeah, that is would, would be good. Is a good thing, and I I don't want to I don't want to undervalue anybody's reentry experience. Because everyone struggles. Uh, if you are, you know, in your 30s or 40s and you're going back, if you're a married couple and you're going back, whatever it is, everyone struggles. Like MKs struggle as well. You know, th I mean, think about that. Add that into the category. I'm super curious. You know, there's probably been more more studies and research done on MKs than on single men re-entering you know uh but everybody struggles and everybody experiences it in in different ways i want to add to the counseling thing actually i i i agree that it would be really good if you get offered offered it, it kind of for the aspect of hey needing counseling in that is actually normal or mm. maybe to be expected i've i've actually 100%. been been thinking about it so much i was i was really doing doing bad at some some times mm. and i was thinking about it so so like should i should i like see a counselor should i see a therapist even mm. i don't know like i don't know what mm. indicators to look out for mm. um when it comes to my own spiritual and, and and mental health and then you kind of we we still have this feeling of i'm supposed to be able to handle it on my own yeah and kind of worst case i'll have someone else to to help me out with it but that's not how we humans work, actually. Like, At all, yeah. The, I, I don't think there's anything that we are better off dealing with on just our on our own. Yeah. And I think, yeah, if there was more, if, if counseling and just guidance was, was offered more actively, mm. you would get more of a feeling of, hey, 
you need people around you to get through this and that's actually all right you know you didn't you didn't lose or you were you aren't like bad at re-entry if you if you need someone else's help yeah yeah that's good yeah that's good no you're actually very normal and this is for you not because you're weak this is for you because you had this in, insane experience and now you're back in your home country that's what it's for not because you're weak and couldn't handle it hey man <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i absolutely agree you have you've re-entered You've been back for about two years. In a healthy way, you've managed your relationships back on the field and in the Middle East, and you've developed new relationships and new ministry back in your home country. I think it's interesting now that, at least for, at least for people in the Arab world, probably in every city in the West, in any country in the West, you're going to find an Arab population, at least a Muslim population. But I'm curious to know, like, kind of how this went for you what was your thinking process of how do you decide i want to i want to engage my people group who are back in my home country as opposed to hey i'm done with that that was a season uh, i'm back in my home country i want to build relationships with with westerners I, I i don't want to live in this like between two worlds one foot in the west one foot in the in the east and i'm back in my home country how did you navigate all that and how did you end up at the place you are now i think i'm still in the process of it yeah i think at first being back and moving to a new place moving to a place is always a new place is always this opportunity of your kind of a this this uh I don't know how you say it, like uh, an unwritten sheet of paper yet. And you have this opportunity to present yourself as like people don't have expectations. People don't know who you are. So you can kind of in the beginning decide, you know, who you want to be to a certain degree. And I was thinking about that a lot. Like how, how big of a, like how much, how big of a role should the Middle East play mm. in how I present myself to people, but also just kind of how yeah. I spend my time. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't stop talking about it, so people noticed really quickly that the thing was really important to me, mm. and uh, and I got actually called. So so there's another guy at at my church uh, that has the same name that I have. So let's say we're called Joseph. So he was the law Joseph because he studied law, and I was the Arab Joseph. <laughs> um, and I wasn't super happy about that in the first, like in the beginning, to uh-huh. to be honest. Is this what I'm like? Mm. I don't know. Being reduced to now Interesting. is is my my love for the Arab language people and and mm. and all of that. Looking back at it now, I I think yeah, no, it really fits actually. Mm. I I noticed that it has it is a big part of who I who I am. Maybe especially because I was so young and still so malleable when I came here. Mm. It became a big part of my identity. And I think I, I realized that somewhere somewhere along the way, trying to get back into kind of secular society and just thinking I like Well, I I don't actually enjoy mm. being around these people too much and I would mm. much rather spend my time with the Arabs I have here that that are like living all all over the place as so i started looking for for a different apartment in a very like arab neighborhood that i uh, i found one like mm. uh, two months ago and i moved last month i've kind of taken the decision to really anticipate my i don't know affections for the middle east and for arabs and 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 go back to that uh, but i don't know yet how that's exactly going to look mm. but also so we, we were doing this um 
we're doing some a student kind of ministry thing uh, last summer a lot of outdoor activities and i was i was kind of you know co-leading it with with two other uh, guys great great guys and good friends of mine and i bought a couple of of arabs that we've just randomly met really and 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 they really enjoyed it but always kind of when the yeah when you try to to bring different cultures together um there's a clash there's a clash and and you can get a lot out of it but everyone kind of needs to really put an effort in as well mm. and usually people aren't willing to do that saturday evening yeah. Yeah. for like leisure yeah kind of the other guys told me as well not like don't don't bring these guys but they they said like hey you, you know like through our interaction with with muslims and with arabs right, we just really noticed that these aren't the people that are on our heart and that we are mm. ministering to and i first was a little upset yeah and then i thought hey but maybe i can say as well the opposite of that the opposite, might be yeah, true like for you. secular secular people in my country aren't mm. aren't the community that i want to engage with kind of mostly from a ministry and and uh, who are the people that i'm investing in and sharing with perspective mm. that's how we're at right now but yeah i've yet to to start actually really meeting people and investing into relationships but i'm thinking that will happen soon mm. i'm wondering like what are your thoughts on how the church is doing interacting with these unreached people group diaspora in your home country do you think this is something on the radar of the church no I, I don't. I think they would like it to be on the radar or they they would like for, I don't know, Arabs to attend their services and but just don't really understand why they why they won't. Mm. Um and I think that's actually a, a general um I noticed that in a lot of areas that we back in the West kind of assume that all cultures are pretty much the same. You know, people eat different <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. have different kind of handshakes. Um, and that's really it. And and then they, I don't know. And then they wonder why kind of the the things they offer, the activities they offer, or like kind of the ministries that churches offer, uh, only kind of speak to I don't know one group of folk, people, yeah, native population, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think we would be way better off if we kind of saw and and paid attention to the huge differences that there are in culture, mm. um, and actually that it takes a lot of effort to. To get into the mindset of of another group of people, um, or like to under just to understand how they think in order to find out what they need and then to serve their needs, mm. because those as well are so different. Mm. Unfortunately, the the church is churches are often good at ministering to kind of the people that are like themselves, kind of the yeah. same demographic, um, but not really. Yeah, immigrant diaspora population. Yeah, it's that it's that uh, the the effort factor. It takes a lot more effort to reach out to people who are different than you, and that just that, that the barrier of effort can be uh, yeah can be a Mount Everest of a barrier. Uh, I'm wondering in your time back, what resources have been meaningful or useful for you? The Bible. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> Preach. Um. But actually, like listening to this podcast uh, <laughs> is a really nice way to, like, from time to time, kind of stay in touch with which, like, with what is happening in this part of the world. Mm. Um, and and they're really, you know, kind of the first. Is it within the first ten episodes? A lot of people that had gone back home, a lot of reentry stuff, yeah. and then also kind of. I mean, I know these people as well, or I know part of them. Yeah. Kind of talking to them has has been really helpful. I think, yeah, mainly mainly just this building community yeah um 
I read uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan mm-hmm. sometime last summer. Uh, it's a it's a book I can I can highly recommend to everyone. We, but I, we were going through some a friend of mine. We were thinking a lot about a whole like home church kind of uh, kind of thing, and uh, I think that spoke to a lot of um, uh, yeah. I don't know. Kind of talked about a lot of uh, f- frustrations that I that I had um, just looking at the church back back home. But then it's also written in a really loving way, so like it also mm-hmm. helps you to to still appreciate uh, and see beauty in what the church looks like right now. Mm. I think that that helped me and was was really uh, refreshing. What would you say to somebody struggling through entry right now? Talk to people about it. Reach out to the people that you lived with before. Reach out to people uh, if you know any that have have done reentry before. Mm. They'll they'll tell you that you can get through it. Yeah, it's it sucks, <laughs> but you'll get through it. <laughs> I like your advice. Go talk to somebody and tell them how much it sucks, and you're gonna get through it. That's good. It's okay to experience difficult times as difficult times. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Man, I could go. I could do a whole podcast just on that. You just you just scratched an itch I have. But I'll leave that. I'll leave that for another time. We'll do that in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, thanks for being with me today. Thank you. Amen to that. I don't want to wait two years for our next conversation. I know in our Instagram reels and TikTok world, it's hard to keep focused for so long. So thanks for making it to the end of the pod. And remember, it's okay to be normal.